Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 88. I've got a f- paper cut on my finger. <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Worst opening ever. <laughs> I, do, I do actually have a paper cut on my finger. It's, it's quite annoying. If, if it had just been that, it was the pause. Yeah, it, was, it was the pause. It was, um, it was the uneven. It was like, you were going to go, no, I won't go. Oh, okay, I'll just go for it. I'm also sick, so maybe that's that, true. Uh, th- that's that accounts for true. that. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. How are we, gentlemen? Well, we're okay, but you're sick. Yeah, I know. Mm. I know. It's uh, it, it might be a little bit of a, a downbeat show for, for me. Right. Might be. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit tired, so Brett, you're going to be picking up the pace for all three of us. So it's on your shoulders, son. <laughs> I'm ready to do that. I've got some special content tonight. Oh, exciting. Oh, yeah. I um, can't wait. Another, another big week in television. Huge, a huge week in they're television. All, they're all big weeks. Yeah, but some are bigger than others. Mm. And this one, a little bit massive. Yes. We've got a lot of news to get through. We do, we do. Uh, we also should say at this point, possibly some language somewhere in the show. Well, Who knows? There will be. The, well, language who, warning. <laughs> language warning. But um, if the president and the vice president can say it. <laughs> hey, don't ruin oh, my news. Oh. Don't, don't you ruin my news. Uh, <laughs> we do have James Talia coming up on the show later on. Uh, we've also got Gat, the golden age of television. Uh, <gasps> what will it be this week? Oh, so exciting. I, know. I can see the envelope. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I almost peaked, but I'm not going to. I'll wait. I'll wait until the segment comes up. Uh, we've got some quotes. Uh, a special segment from Brett. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Going to talk about some footy. It, we've got it some may pork. be the segment that ends up just travelling up its own arsehole. <laughs> I look forward to that so much. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. The Southern Cross Broadcasting Company has sold its wholly owned Channel 9 television station in South Australia to... Drumroll. The Wynn Group. Not PBL. Not PBL. For $105 million. So what, what ended up happening with Perth? Perth was sold to PBL picked up Perth PBL picked up and Perth Newcastle. Uh, so the is 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 Adelaide the only one the wind group have? Uh, and yes. So Adelaide has stopped Win has effectively stopped PBL putting hotels on all the Channel 9 <laughs> stations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't do it now. Yeah. They can't do it now. But if uh, if Win decides to to mortgage Channel 9 Adelaide Yes. Uh, PBL can buy it for half its value, plus they'll have to pay back the mortgage rate. Ah, okay. Okay. I know. It's mm. it's important. <laughs> a completion is expected to occur on the deal on or about July 1. So this is where it would be good um, to uh, to have... Uh, Tom Elliott? Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
That was, that was good, a bit of charades there. It, it, was, it was a great bit of charades. It was just Ross, as you'll see on the video podcast. There is no video podcast. Uh, Ross, Ross charading, hugging somebody. <laughs> no, I was referring to... And we to, both knew that he was talking about Tom. I was referring to the person next to me, clearly. Yes, yes. Who is sometimes uh, Tom Elliott, it would, sometimes Marie Carty. <laughs> it would be great Except to, it's a lot shorter a hug. <laughs> it, would, it would be great. To, I, I kept wanting to say Adam Elliott. That was my problem. Adam mm. Elliott, of course, uh, uh, Oscar Harvey winning. Crumpet. Oscar-winning animator. Uh, It would be great to have Tom Elliott in here just to explain what this means, just for that little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, Russ on the phone. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) On the phone we we have... Brett, do you want to... No one. Oh, he's gone. (laughs) Oh. Sorry about that. Um, the problem, it'll be, is, with, it'll be the problem is that Tom talks about all this, and then by comparison, when we talk about it, we sound somewhat less intelligent. Speak for yourself. Um, no, I'm speaking for all three of us. <laughs> I assume that that means... And rightly so. I assume that no, means I, I, that... In uh, fairness, Brett did do a lot of research last time Last yeah. time Brett was in. So take it away, Brett. Thank you very much. Uh, I assume that that means that uh, Adelaide are going to be starting to see the little win logo uh, as opposed to the Channel 9 logo. And uh, I'm not sure if the balls have returned yet to win. The last right. I checked, they hadn't. Um, and I've also... Uh, heard over the day that Win are now being referenced as, uh, I think it's a mega regional right. station because they've actually encroached into the metropolitan. Right, so so Adelaide hasn't been downgraded from city <laughs> to regional. Mm, well, no more than it was already. Right. <laughs> In uh, in shocking news, but not all that surprising, Jericho bites the dust on Channel 10, another show to die in the 9.30 death slot. Uh, apparently, uh, Channel 10 has canned it, and it will be replaced this week by uh, umpteenth screening of Mean Girls. Really? They may as well just oh, put what? Team Knight Rider in there, because they may as the, well. the, the thing is, it has whatever's going into that slot... Mm-hmm. is going to die because it has the absolute worst lead-in on television. Yep. I've, I've, I've been in a position to watch some Friday Night Live, uh, or if that's what it's called, Friday Night Games, Friday, no, Night, Friday Live, Night Live, right. uh, over the past couple of weeks. And, oh, my God, that is the most tedious bit. I would rather watch Quiz Monkey. <laughs> than Friday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It's just horrendous. How dare they put that on television and pretend that it's entertainment? <laughs> they could put anything else on. They could put. They used to have okay, okay, twenty nine okay. Simpsons episodes. Okay, you, you've you've kind of trod into a slightly different area. Putting aside Friday Night Live and how terrible it is, Jericho shouldn't have been there. Jericho no, shouldn't no, have been. Shouldn't nothing have been should be there. This. And. They shouldn't show Jericho for two weeks and take it off. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Especially not... Mm-hmm. It's a serial. Yep. They know it's a serial. Yep. They had high hopes for it. And it would it would cost them nothing to just keep playing at 11.30 mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night or, you know, in the in the lead-in to, to up late. Yep. Uh, just just put it there yep. to, to wither and die rather than putting it into a time slot that they expect to get money from yep. and then are so disappointed when they don't. Yep. Now's your chance, Box Cutters listeners. Stop sending your nuts to CBS and start sending them to Channel 10. Don't send nuts to anyone. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it wasn't a great show to start with. 
Uh, it, it was a great premise. It was a fantastic premise. And I've been keeping up with it. I've been recording the Friday night uh, shows because I'm never around to actually watch TV live uh, at 9.30 <laughs> on a Friday night, which could be one of the problems as well as be having a shit uh, lead-in. Um, but uh, <laughs> Do you watch any TV live? Sometimes uh, ABC News. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes Quiz Monkey. <laughs> when I've when I've hit the stop button on my, my uh, DVR and uh, really mean to be going to bed. Name and, and, seven Star Wars characters. I can do this. <laughs> and Solo. It's on the list. <laughs> no, that's different the show. Oh, different show. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, in the uh, ongoing saga of the FCC in the United States, the Federal Communications Commission, yes, and their willingness to fine everybody and anybody for saying bad, naughty words or showing a nipple, mm. uh, we spoke uh, even about, with a weird sun-shaped thing. Around even it. with a weird sun-shaped thing around it, uh, we we've spoken uh, a few months ago about how the FCC were going to. Uh, we're trying to find, but not really find, uh, the four big networks in the US for uh, for having naughty words on their on their programs. Mm-hmm. But they weren't really going to find them because uh, these words were spoken before the law before the rules came into effect. So they were just kind of using them as an example and giving them a slap on the hand. The four networks have gone to uh, the the court of appeals in the US mm-hmm. and have said, we want that slap on the hand taken taken back. We don't want it. Court of Appeals have found in favour of the networks and said, basically, if the president and the vice president can use those words, and this, I suppose, is where the language warning comes into play because mm-hmm. the words they're talking about are shit and fuck, mm-hmm. which they can't write in the New York Times, which yes. is where, where I take this article from. But uh, but we can say it with a language warning on box cutters. Uh the the whole and and the, and the president and the vice president have have both said uh, those words or one each. I, I don't think that's quite correct. I've got the quote here from the court, and they said the FCC can get fucked. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I don't have that transcript. No, no. Uh, so so it's, it's really interesting to to see that the FCC that that the. Uh, the judges, the actual judicial system in the US thinks that the FCC is a crock of shit, mm. uh, which is essentially what they say in their ruling. Admittedly, it was a split decision, but uh, really interesting to, to see that they say, when the FCC says that you can't say those words in relation to a sexual or fecal act... Or, or something like that. They're not really very clear on when those words are actually said in that way, and sometimes they're just said out of exasperation, and sometimes they're just and and the judges just basically tore through all the rulings that the uh, that the FCC had. Of course, the FCC are fighting this; they're going to take it to the Supreme Court. But quite frankly, their president is going to be uh, going out in uh, in about twelve months' time. So I don't think that they're going to have a chance in hell. Mm. And maybe, maybe the US will get a, a much more reasonable FCC in future presidencies. Mm. Uh, speaking of government influences and uh, maybe getting a more responsible broadcaster, Labor has promised that if it comes into power at the next election, it will appoint a, a completely bipartisan bench. 
no, independent, independent, independent bench. Yes, of the ABC, of the ABC, independent board, perhaps would be a better would be so, a better board. But and, what are, uh, independent new, chairman, new, new board members would be selected by an independent panel. Yes, uh, while the chairman would be nominated by the prime minister, but had to be also endorsed by the opposition leader of the day. Would yes. they would they request that the board reinstate the staff position? On the board? That hasn't been addressed in the, the statement that's come out. Ah, because that, that would be really good. Someone mm. who actually works in the ABC trying to have a say in the ABC. Mm. But it's full mm. of communists. Why, why would they want to have one of those on the board? <laughs> well, so is the Labor Party, Brett. So, uh, so obviously... <laughs> no, no, not like it once may have been. Obviously, this is, uh, obviously this is just a, a pre-election election promise. Uh, so there's no guarantee, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, if that comes about, if Labor do win power. Mm. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, Naomi Robson has been forced to shelve her talk show aspirations oh. for the time being because Channel 7 has found their schedule for this year too tight in daytime uh, programming. The, well, was the headline of that story too tight for Naomi? <laughs> no, this, Seven this, Dumps, Robson Pilot is this, the title. This is the, this is the television network equivalent of It's Not You, It's Me. <laughs> like, come up with a show. We need a show in our network. Oh, sorry. It's full. <laughs> they probably said to her, look at the green guard. Are there any gaps? <laughs> Sorry, Naomi. I think I also think Channel Seven is showing like moonlighting at eleven o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the, apparently, all, although it has had heavy hype and positive feedback, uh, the Channel Seven wants to concentrate on the morning show, or as they, uh, the rumor goes, they call it the Kill the Kerry Ann Show. Mm. Um, this recent development may prompt Robson to reconsider extending her contract with Channel 7 and uh, which would allow her to shop it around to the other networks. That says to me that Channel 7 are looking at cancelling Naomi's contract because otherwise well, I'm, sure, I'm sure was, she would... No, no, it won't be cancelled. Um, she signed up a nine-month extension oh, when uh, she started months, in on, on Dancing on with the Stars. Yeah. Right. Mm. Right, and, and she can't sing, so, so she can't expire. do It Takes Two. And so they've got nothing else for her. Right. Sorry, Naomi. So, sorry, Naomi. We, <laughs> we're full. Moonlighting, too important. <laughs> Tell but, you what, Naomi, go to Channel 9. They've got some big programming holes. You might have to drop your price a little bit, but go to Channel 9. Hey, maybe could... maybe 9.30 Friday night on Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Then it'd only be around two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, the uh, The... Apprentice. Last week we said no it's more dead. apprentice. No, no. Well, dead. Well, over. Trump said that. Trump said no Trump more said. apprentice. This week, Trump was in a meeting with the new head of uh, NBC Universal's entertainment. There's a new head. Yes. Ooh. Yes. His name is Ben Silverman, mm-hmm. and he, Trump, and Mark Burnett were all on the phone together talking about the possibility of another series of The Apprentice. Right. This was at uh, Silverman's behest, apparently, mm-hmm. and uh, and Trump was going, oh, well, you know, if you put it that way, sure, I'll consider. Of course, remember, I've got these other television commitments uh, yes. in the pipeline. This other one that three networks are interested in. Three, except for yours. <laughs> three, three of them that aren't yours, interested. 
you I haven't told about. But uh, sure, another series of The Apprentice hadn't crossed my mind. So, uh, so you know, it might not be dead. Wow. I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. Mm. We'll wait. Refresh my memories, boys. My memory, <laughs> boys. Um, did we talk about TiVo last week? Uh, no, no, no. That that came the TV Channel Seven. Yeah. Uh, no, we talked about it on the blog on boxcutters.net. dot mm-hmm. Well, for those uh, who haven't read the blog, Channel Seven are launching TiVo in this country. Uh, they're going to be discussing with the other networks about uh, getting their EPGs to uh, run it effectively. Off the back of that, advertisers have demanded to know the impact of time shifted viewing on the number of people watching their commercials. I think that's fair. I, I can't. They can't expect the the numbers to be accurate. But <laughs> wait a sec. Wait a sec. I, I've got a I've got a thing with time shift. Time shift's such a buzzword at the moment. Well, it just means you don't watch it at its program time as it's going out live. You shift oh, the time we, we of it being on the TV. We couldn't do that with videos. No, you know what you couldn't do with videos. No, we could is do it. You, but you couldn't. You couldn't actually record the data. Whereas with the uh, with something like TiVo, where it it's constantly sending data back mm-hmm. uh, to to base about what you're watching, what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything TV about you. TiVo is just hardware spyware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, it's got little cameras in it and everything. <laughs> Maybe. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually <laughs> yeah, saying but, that. But, uh, but what, what information are you talking about? You can still, if, if you take it back to basics, we could always video stuff and we but, could always watch it later. No, that's, no, that's time but also, yeah, Ross, yeah, that, that's, And we could always fast forward the ads. Also, Ross, by the law, we haven't been allowed to video and watch back later on. Oh, they changed that law last year or the yeah, year before. Like last year. But, but early this year. Yeah, at some point they changed that. It's, there was a year and it was changed. <laughs> but you see my point? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's time shifting. I, I see your point. But the thing is, uh, what, what you don't understand is that along with time shifting comes bandwagoning. <laughs> <laughs> and if, it, if this is a massive launch and people actually get on board... Yep. Uh, then it could it could drastically change the the viewing habits of the average Oztam uh, box uh, family. Okay, if 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 people get on board, mm. if people get it's, on board, it does seem like the run has been left because, a little bit late by and Channel Seven and or TiVo. But Channel Nine aren't going aren't going to be in, in on it. They made that perfectly clear with Ice TV. No, no, everything's everything's different now. Why is everything different? Because Channel Nine Packers doesn't own Channel Nine. Out, gone. Yeah, but they CBC, still made it. I, I, they're, they're, if they're if they're purely in it for the money, they're not going to cut their throat to because of, of some some grudge they're holding. Was was that what was that what Nine had with Ice TV? Do you think it was a grudge? Is that why they wouldn't refuse? They refused to let them. It's all to do with revenue. I don't yeah, think no, Channel I Nine. Think, had, I think it, I think that was just dumb business practice. Really? Why wouldn't you let people know when your shows are on? I mean, this is. It, it, that's just ridiculous, as as far as I can see. You let people know when your shows are on. That I think the problem they had was that Ice TV was making money out of uh, out of Channel Nine's uh, intellectual property, mm-hmm. which they freely publish anyway. Okay, okay. Uh, but I, I I don't really see the difference, and I imagine that Channel Nine will do the same thing again. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, I look. The thing is, Channel they've, Nine they've got a history of doing it. I. I I, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of why they blocked Ice TV, but I can't see them saying no. We won't. We won't allow Ice TV. But yeah, come on, Channel Seven TiVo. My feeling is, 
it's a different ball game now with okay. Channel Nine. Okay. I, we also don't know what Channel Nine's deals are with Foxtel and with their IQ system. That's, that's true. Uh, I was uh, talking to someone earlier earlier today about uh, how IQ works, and uh, apparently Channel Nine have no series functions on their show. So uh, apparently on on IQ you can say I want to tape uh, every episode of The Simpsons that's yep. on. Uh, and of every course, episode of Deadwood. Every episode of Deadwood. And uh, and the IQ will, will tape. doesn't matter what time it's on, mm-hmm. it will tape it. Yep. Channel 9 doesn't have that functionality. Right. So they have they all have really different weird content deals. Okay. So who the hell knows yep. how yep. it's going to work? I can guarantee you, though, we as the consumer, as the audience, as the watchers of television, are going to be right royally screwed no matter what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, does it work better than uh, G Code? Oh yeah, well, works better than <laughs> than G Code. Because it has a constantly updating schedule. I've rubbed underpants but, but, on my VCR <laughs> and it's worked better than G Code. But does it still does it, with this information it's sending back? Does it does the TiVo know that it is the start of The Simpsons? And thus starts it at seven thirty-seven when no. Simpson starts, or does it still start at seven thirty? Still starts at seven thirty. Then it's pointless. Then it's but pointless. no, no. It would go off the EPGs, which can be updated up until the beginning of the day that it comes on. Yes, up until the beginning of the day. Now, when shows like the footy Star show. Dances or the Footy Show go over by ten minutes because six hours, six hours, whatever. Uh, there's no way to know that See, at now, the start sh- of the day. Surely, surely we're, we're advanced enough with technology that if it's all these signals, data coming back and forth, there could be a change in signal. It could be In saying, fact, there could be a signal at the, at the beginning and end of every commercial break, and so the TV would actually pause itself and turn itself back talking. on. But, it, but, but, <laughs> but uh, the TV recorders to be sold in Australia will not allow people to skip advertising breaks entirely, and sources said the fast-forward function would be slow enough to enable ads to be recognised. So, so we're not even getting proper TiVo. We're getting a freaking crippled system. Uh, well, I guess that explains why Channel 7 are on board with it. Because there, there was some speculation as to why Channel 7 would, would come on board with something like this, seemingly shooting themselves in the foot for advertising purposes. But clearly this is why. So off the back of that, uh, advertise, media advertising buyers uh, calling on us, Tam, to develop new commercial ratings... Uh, systems that measure live, overnight, and three-day viewer figures. Okay. Uh, designed to capture the 75% of people who download TV shows and watch them within three days. It's it's really like someone's someone's just said to me, I bought you a puppy for your birthday. Unfortunately, the puppy has no legs and no tail and can't smell. <laughs> but enjoy it anyway. And then, you, you know, you, you get this puppy. You've got to love this poor, decrepit <laughs> puppy because you've got it. And, you know, it's... But you've no got to take it for a drag each day. Yeah. <laughs> but no one's really having fun with it. And it's just... And every time you look at the puppy, you get a little bit more upset. <laughs> the COO of Starcom Media Vest, John Sintras, uh, says the viewing in TiVo households increases... Uh, they don't know how competitively priced it's going to be and therefore don't know how quickly it will be taken up. But if people watch more TV, it could offset advertising avoidance. So they're actually expecting more people to be tuning in. Uh, I'm saying here and now, just don't do it. Set up your own PVR. 
Mm. But, you know, buy, buy a, a, an $800 computer, put Myth TV on it, which is a, a Linux-based uh, media center. Media server, in fact. M- media server. Do that. Hook that into uh, to an EPG if you want. Pay the five bucks a month for uh, for Ice TV. Sure, there are other ways you can you can get your EPG. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Screw these people who are trying to screw us. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Screw them in their tiny tiny heads yep. and relish it. Yep. Uh, speaking of screwing people, uh, Battlestar Galactica has announced that it is going to end after its forthcoming season. But don't say it like Battlestar Galactica has been screwed by the Sci-Fi Channel because it hasn't been the Sci-Fi Channel's decision. It's been the producers of the show's decision. Yep. Yes. Well, they said there was always going to be a beginning, middle, and, and finally an end. Uh, the, the, the screwing people segue was merely for purposes of having a segue. <laughs> oh, it's, it's because in Battlestar Galactica, a lot of screwing does go on. Right, right. So that's uh, that's bad news to all those out there who like Battlestar Galactica. Course, yes, yes and in, no. I'm quite, I'm quite happy for a this season country, to... I'm quite happy for a season to end. Country. Well, you can on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, but I'm quite happy for a show to end at its given time, yep. like at an appropriate time. Much better. Much and better the producers than say, keeping uh, it going on and on. The show will go out with a bang Oh, exciting. Uh, Also, speaking of leaving, Russell T. Davies, who is the head writer and executive producer on the current reincarnation of Doctor Who, has announced that he will step down after next season, which uh, the third season is about to start here before the end of the month on the ABC. I think that's wound up. In the UK, he's announced he will step down after the next season, and this has kicked off a whole lot of speculation over whether that means Doctor Who will be stopping as well. And does that impact on Torchwood as well? No, they didn't. In, in the, all the articles I read about it, they didn't mention Torchwood. So Start, starting soon on Channel Ten. Mm. So yes, starting soon, and I think um, I think uh, the new series of Doctor Who starts here within the next two or three weeks as well. So. Uh, yeah, double who. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if uh, I, I have a feeling that if it's successful, the BBC will keep going with it. And lastly in the news? Talking of programming, Kenny, uh, the surprise hit in the cinemas uh, of last year, has been signed up to head to the small screen. The series will follow big-hearted plumber Kenny Smythe, played by Shane Jacobson, with his speech impediment, as he explores the facilities the Globe has to offer. Uh, the spin-off's being developed by Shane and director Clayton Jacobson, who also happens to be his brother, and is expected to start shooting in Melbourne in June. That's, that's, that's one of those programs, great, mail it to me last week. Yeah. Like, surely they missed the boat. Everyone's I'm- sick of Kenny by now. Really? I was, you know what? I haven't seen the film. All I saw of him was on the Logies. I'm sick of him already. He's, he's, he, yeah. He's I agree. lovable. Aww. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but so is that puppy without the legs in the tail. <laughs> yeah, but, but Timo's not. He has not. legs in the tail. <laughs> no, I, I, I think they missed their moment. Like, Kenny was quite a while ago now. I just think. Plus, I heard rumors of this show like months ago. Months ago, mm. and uh, and they're only coming out with the news now. It really, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. the The film was was really was really popular last year, 
they should have had a show ready to go by June. Morgan Spurlock. Yeah, it's Morgan Spurlock all over again. In fact, Kenny's for the those Morgan Spurlock of last year. 30 days. <laughs> 30 days, for those who don't know. The, the McDonald's Which, supersized me. I don't know what happened with the programming of that here. Um, it, they showed the first season and... And then they tried to see if the rest of us could go 30 days without seeing an episode. <laughs> Turns out we could. <laughs> and that is the Box Cutters News. Box Cutters. And it's always wonderful to have back with us our roving Box Cutters correspondent all the way from Europe, James Talia. Hey there. How are Hello. you? I'm good. Gee, I wonder what you guys want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now, first of all, I've got a hard question for you, Jim. I uh, Lay it on me. I sent you an email during the week to which we got an automated out-of-office reply. Does this mean you have an office? <laughs> it means Microsoft Outlook thinks I have an office. Right. <laughs> I was expecting at least like an out-of-apartment reply or something. Out-of-desk out reply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, nothing, there's not much I can do about that, and if it gives people the impression I have an office, I'm more than happy to tell you that. <laughs> I, I actually imagine, because I, I got the same, uh, the same reply, I just imagined that you, were, uh, you had a corner office, a nice big comfy chair, a, a humidor of cigars... That's right, yeah. High up at Canary Wharf with a view across the city. (laughs) Looking at the London Eye. Now, before we get into the messy, complicated stuff, James, can you tell us now uh, what you knew about Eddie Maguire wanting to get out of the job like two months ago? I I knew nothing about it. Um, But I I think, um, given a couple of things that have happened in the past week or so, it's become more obvious... um, what happened with Eddie and indeed I think what happened last week with the change of ownership of the network probably goes to show that Eddie did in fact leave the job rather than being pushed. Yep. Fully aware of what was coming. That's right. That's right. Look, my understanding from talking to a few people and there's no, I don't know if this is right or not, but my understanding is that the the sell down of a further 25 PBL media to the uh, private equity guys has been in the works for a good few weeks, a couple of months, maybe three months, which is no surprise, of course, those deals don't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. That being the case, Eddie would have been aware of it, and you'd have to assume he's made he's, he's made that move based on that. Now, I, I, I should, that's me talking out of my ass. I've got that this... I, I, you know, obviously, I'm not close to Eddie. I'm not suggesting that I've spoken to him in any way or that I have anything concrete. That's purely speculation on my part. And, in fact, uh, it... it I think it would surprise me if they hadn't have spoken about uh, Jamie going back to 25% when the, when the deal was first put together. Well, yeah, maybe that's a fair assumption. Um, you'd think at the time maybe they would have discussed the scope for, for further deals down the track, perhaps. I don't know, there's, there's no way of knowing, but that makes sense. And do, do you think Eddie positioned himself to get a new contract at nine before the new owners came in? No, I think that's a bit too conspiratorial. I don't think Eddie has to position himself too hard to get a new contract. He's he's the best known and most popular personality on Australian television. You don't have to angle for a contract if you if you're in that position. Even with all these rumoured pay cuts and uh, and and uh, more so cost cutting. Uh, let's not worry about all of that. So. <laughs> don't, don't don't worry about that. You know. If, if Eddie didn't want to be CEO anymore, it's not as though he was going to be you know on a street corner playing a 
playing a piano accordion for change. Um, <laughs> with a monkey? The, with a monkey, yeah. The guy, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the guy is a genuine television talent and he's going to be back on the box. He's obviously done a nice deal for himself and as it should be. But, but James, as a, as a journalist, do you remember the days when Eddie Maguire was also a journalist? I do, I do, and, and he was a very good journalist. And, and what happened to that Eddie Maguire? Because that Eddie Maguire knew everything about football, knew everything about sport, was a fantastic journalist, understood the concept of conflict of interest. Uh, this seems to be a completely different person to, to the guy who, who trained at Channel 10 under Bruce McAvaney. Uh, well, uh, look, the conflict of interest talk has been going around for a long time. It's largely subjective, I think there are there are some people who well many people who would agree that he has conflicts and some people who don't think so. Um, Eddie would of course argue that say when he was calling Collingwood games while being president of Collingwood Football Club while on the surface it, it's a it's a conflict of interest. Um, he would argue that he was unbiased in doing so. That's that's one example. I don't think we should underestimate the kind of things that that go on in the name of journalism. It's not as though just because you're out there breaking stories, everyone's squeaky clean either. So uh, I, th- I think it's it's probably incorrect to characterise it as Eddie used to be pure as the driven snow when he was a great journo breaking yarns and all of a sudden he wasn't anymore. Um, maybe no one is. You heard it here first, Box Cutters listeners. Journalists, Maybe, you know, dirty. I'm, I'm dirty, yeah. I know. <laughs> Who would have thought? That, and that's not, to, that's not to suggest dirty tricks, but especially in a city like Melbourne, everyone knows everyone. You, you, this, there, you're going to come up against stories where uh, sooner or later it's going to be unavoidable that you're going to know someone involved in a story or someone who knows someone, for example. Now, that could on the surface be described as a conflict of interest. Do you stop going after the story? No. Do you warn off the people who are involved in the story? No. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, I still think that uh, that what we've seen in in recent years from, from Eddie, but, but also from, from lots of other uh, media personalities in Australia, is a, a very kind of malleable definition of of conflict of interest i think a lot of definitions of a lot of things are malleable josh Um, (laughs) i've covered i covered politics for a while and you know malleable is a very convenient (laughs) (laughs) and and an oft-used one that's just that's the way these things go look um circumstances arise spin happens happens in politics happens in media happens in football happens in corporations happens everywhere and I, I don't know what else to say to you about that. Well, then, uh, I'll take that point, and I'll pass it on to Ross. Okay. Well, I've got a, uh, I've got another hard hitting question for you, James. Name. When did this turn into radio? <laughs> <laughs> right. Name. Uh, I've, I've been doing, here. I've been doing Radio National uh, on, on Tuesday mornings with Fran Kelly. So I've no, been learning lots you. of tricks so from her. Obviously, you've trained with her. <laughs> yes, yes. Now I'm topping it. I feel like I'm getting grilled by a panel of Fran Kelly, Terry <laughs> O'Brien. Jesus. Now, um, name name five countries that you've been to in the last couple of weeks. In the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Scotland. Eh. No, no, keep going. Oh, sorry, that was right. Yeah. Ding! Keep going. 
Um, Greece? Um, yeah, popped into Greece. Ding! <laughs> Um, anyway, um, it, is this? Are we playing the rich list? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My point for all this is, uh, uh, I, I take it you've been uh, you've been using the internet in all those countries. Uh, yes, yes, and, I have. And, uh, and and you can break it here on the box cutters to box cutters. Two fifty six is a very fast speed for internet connection, isn't it? Worldwide, that's what that's the standard worldwide, isn't it? <laughs> Two fifty six. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, I, I haven't been anywhere where they're dealing in kilobits. Really? Well, I, 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 we spoke about this off air a couple of weeks ago, Ross, and I, I was going to raise it on air and get Josh to gag you and hold you down. <laughs> described. It, a, a wireless connection in a hotel in Kingston, Jamaica. 10 megabits per second. No! <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. He, he, I really he, he did literally almost, almost fall off my chair. <laughs> right. um, well, now, now, in, now, to be fair, Jamaica. Come no, on. she went over on a call. Come on. Of, of all the different, uh, of all the different well, countries. I mean, Jamaica sh- surely is up there with, I don't know, all the... All well, the South Korea. Yeah. Well, J- yeah. Jamaica, they're coming to the G8 meeting this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. France, five megabits. Um, where else have I been? Turkey, um, in the middle of nowhere, Turkey, near Anzac Cove, um, two megabits. In, in my living room in London, generally, on a good day, 15 megabits. No, 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 James... All those figures you're saying, clearly, pie in the sky. Pie in the sky, pie in the sky. Pie in the sky, because clearly Australia is hugely competitive when it comes to broadband or internet speeds. Hugely competitive. Well, you'll be pleased to know that we're, uh, that, that we're doing the same with uh, digital television and, uh, and, and the wonderful things that can happen from that. Uh, everything, everything that has to do with communications at the moment in this country. And, and, James, I think you're missing the point. It's going to be 256 coast to coast. Oh, oh well, that's all right then. <laughs> <laughs> like Graham Kennedy used to be. Uh, exactly. Graham Kennedy and John Mangos and your 256. <laughs> <laughs> now, James, you did mention uh, being in Jamaica. Do you think uh, the Jamaican police uh, thinking that Bob Woolmer uh, died naturally and then was murdered and then died naturally <laughs> is just an indication that maybe they thought they were out of their depth and they just kind of threw their hands up in the air? Jesus Christ, you don't make a mess of that. <laughs> My God. I have to say, when I was, when I was in Jamaica covering the, the start of that story, and you'll remember that I, uh, I, was, I was sent to Jamaica not when he died, but after it was announced that it was a homicide. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I was there for, for five days, I think, and somewhere in the course of that, I think on the third or fourth day, there was uh, a journalist from the subcontinent, I'm assuming a Pakistani, who put it to Mark Shields, the, the chief investigator, in a press conference that from what they were hearing from their sources, it was natural causes. And Shields stood there and said, I can tell you from what I've seen of his room and the crime scene, there are certain elements to it which I am not going to speak about publicly, but which make us convinced that it's a homicide. Mm-hmm. So from that, you're thinking, well, I don't know, a, a fingerprint or shit, I don't know, whatever. It's, pick your favourite, you know, <laughs> element of CSI and go with it. Knife in the back. 
Right, yeah, that'd do it. Um, that must have been in that room. And I thought, well, if that's what he's saying, that's a good enough answer for me. But it turns out not. But wasn't it also, <laughs> wasn't it also off the, the autopsy report that he died by strangulation? Yeah, well, that's correct, because a couple of these small bones in his neck were apparently broken. It was put to them at the time that that could happen in a fall upon having a heart attack, and that was denied. I said that the nature of the fracture showed that the pressure had been applied and some kind of manual strangula- strangulation. Um, either I, way, it's it's a mess. So, so I, I think also what we have to remember is that if you are strangled, if you are being strangled, it is only natural to die that way. Hence, what do you mean? Hence, what? natural causes. <laughs> so if you're being strangled and you're not getting enough air to your brain then it means you're going to die yeah and that's only natural. a natural outcome that's a natural outcome yeah, it's a bit of a stretch josh you think yeah, yeah. i'm no jamaican yeah, see, policeman but see spin spin everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and what's going on with tv over there um well big brother has started here again um kind of dull though there's been no housemates fathers dying or anything although um, did i read that uh, it had actually come out uh, out of the previous season that the producers were were um bringing up the racism they were actually yes they were well they were actually instructed to do so by the the broadcasting authority here they, that they had received so many complaints and it's it's in fact the strongest action that the uh, the broadcast authority here, it's called Ofcom, the Office of Communications, mm-hmm. the strongest action they've ever taken. And they instructed Channel 4 that at the, at the start of the new Big Brother season, they must have their host, their Gretel Colleen, make an announcement, uh, making an apology for the things that had happened in Celebrity Big Brother with uh, Shilpa Shetty and those other people who were in there and, and the racism stuff that went on. So it's unprecedented. That's, that's quite amazing. And mm. how was that? How how was that responded to by the public? Did anyone care? Because in Australia, no one would care. Well, it was a talking point in the media because it was announced some days before the premiere of the new season that that would happen. And then when it did happen, it kind of just washed over everyone because it was no surprise. Everyone knew it was going to happen. But certainly, it was noted, particularly in the broadsheet newspapers, that um, that it was pretty strong action. It had, it had never happened before, and probably rightly so. But that's also been overshadowed a little in the past few days by another mess that Channel 4 have got themselves into. Channel 4 is the network which broadcasts uh, Big Brother. Um, on Wednesday evening, British time, they are going to broadcast a documentary about the death of Princess Diana. Ah, yes, yes. shows pictures of Diana in the car in the tunnel at the time. And uh, that's caused outrage, of course, even though no one has actually seen yet what the pictures show. And Channel 4 has already said that her face is pixelated so that you can't... <laughs> so she's um, fully anonymous. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, it's quite obvious who it is. But, so that they can avoid the charge of, of showing her in her dying moments. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Um, they're claiming that, that they're showing it as a, as a solid piece of journalism. They're trying to dissect and uncover what went on in the tunnel, what medical assistance was rendered at the time, that sort of thing, and that it's, it, it's within that context, it's reasonable to show the footage they're going to show. Well, well, we'll make a judgment on that when we see it. Well, that's the thing, and everybody will see it, because everybody will be watching. Uh, everybody will be watching, absolutely. I, I must say I've had huge interest from... Uh, 
from my newsrooms and Current Affair and uh, and other programs in Australia about this. Everyone wants to get their hands on it once it's been put out here. Seeing if you got a leak, maybe before it was broadcast. <laughs> No, 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 just desperate to make sure that... Don't forget to record that for us. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and yeah. all of this I find quite interesting because next week SBS on Anatomy for Beginners are actually just going to show her autopsy. So <laughs> I don't see yeah, why that's such with, a big deal. Because uh, with that weird-looking guy wearing that hat, it makes it look all good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what you can do? I reckon you'd probably have the technology to pixelate some images at uh, in your office. And you could pixelate some images and send them back to Nine as a bit of a gag. So you've got it. I could do that. Yeah. I might just have me sprawled across my desk dying and pixelate my <laughs> In fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll get me an old Mercedes Benz and off we go. Now, now I've got another hard-hitting question for you. How is John... What is going on here? <laughs> did, I, did I get in trouble before talking about Eddie? Did you screw me? <laughs> no, no, no. How, uh, how was Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp was great. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I, t- I assumed you wined him and dined him and got to spend a couple of days with him. Yeah, I got my full 10 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, I, I thought it went all right. Um, he was he was on the junket for Pirates of the Caribbean 3, and mm-hmm. uh, so the way th- these things work, I don't know if you guys remember in the film Notting Hill, yep. Hugh Grant's trying to go and see Julia Roberts at the Ritz, and he has to pose as a journalist, and it's just five minutes apiece, and you go in there, and everyone asks the same inane questions, yep. and then you, you leave. Um, I managed to get ten minutes with him, and tried to ask some different questions. He he seemed to like it, but then, you know, the guy's the actor of his generation, so <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't like it, I'm sure he wasn't going to let me know. I, I wouldn't be able to tell, but it was really good. Okay, I think I think they've run it more than once. Have they? I, I believe so. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think they've run it possibly on uh, on t- today as well. Maybe. Oh, is that right? I think okay. so. I don't don't uh, don't quote me on that, but my understanding Good. is it's been on more than once. Speak to your agent. Well, make like sure your royalties are coming through, James. Well, I was about to say royalties. I like to think that's because of my prowess as a celebrity journalist, but <laughs> in the end, maybe people like Johnny too. Yeah, you, you didn't have uh, you didn't have the situation you had a few years ago where uh, uh, Richard Wilkins and uh, and uh, Angela Bishop were waiting in the room before when you got there. No, but I had like the English, French, German equivalents of Angela Bishop and Richard Wilkins <laughs> in the room there. I just kept my head down and kept reading the Times. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, I've just I've just had a, a horrible image in my mind of the British version of Angela Bishop, which is very similar to Angela Bishop but just with worse teeth. <laughs> no, well, if you look at the continental versions of Angela Bishop, it's quite amazing because I think they probably spent more time preparing and doing makeup than Johnny Depp did. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. It was good. It was good. Now, now I've, uh, here's, here's something for you. Um, I had to, a couple of weeks ago, pay my TV licence. Oh. So you didn't not pay it and have the sheriff come knocking at your door? trying to force their way in? Well, no, I think it's probably not worth my while to do that. And since I work for a television network, it's going to be difficult to claim I don't own or watch television. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know how many of the uh, box cutters family are aware that this system still exists in the UK where you have to have a licence to have a television in your home. And it's £134. Uh, and the licence fee is what goes to fund the BBC, everything the BBC does except for BBC World. Which is Uh, why I think it's a fantastic idea. 
Well, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! One hundred and thirty-four pounds, which, which sure is like four million of our Earth dollars. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's about four million pesos. But um, but uh, that's one hundred and thirty-four pounds for the year. But here's the thing: this is what an anachronism this system is. You get a discount, a substantial discount, if you have a black and white television. <laughs> really. And so there are some people who keep a black and white television in the cupboard. <laughs> they don't watch it because you, you only have to have it in your home. <gasps> you, oh, you only yeah. have to have one black and white television. So do you have to pay a license per set or is it license per household? No, per residence, per household. So if you've got one black and white television in your household, you get a significant discount. Yeah, I think it's down to about 60 or 65 quid instead. Just, just turn the colour down and hide the remote. Well, you could do that, absolutely. What if you've got it on? (laughs) What if you've got a monochrome LCD? Well, I think they're probably going to spot that, you know, (laughs) because it's not going to—it's not going to look like an old sort of seventies sharp set, is it? Yeah, but it's still only going to be black and white. Well, I suppose you could argue that. Yeah. And here's something that that's come up in the last few years. What if what if somebody's got a tuner card in their computer and watch everything on that? Do they still get stunk? Yeah, you lost me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, these are all questions that we want you to put to the the Chancellor Exchequer. Yeah, well, well, there isn't one anymore. I don't know who the Chancellor is because in a couple of weeks the Chancellor will be the Prime Minister and mm. we don't know who the new Chancellor is. Right, so who's the new Gordon Brown? Heaven help us all. Exactly. Exactly. But once I know, don't you worry, I'm going to collar him. Excellent. And and you're going to be on the, uh, the, the story of the year that's going to break next month? Uh, would that be the Diana concert? No, that would be the new Harry Potter. Oh, actually, thanks for reminding me. That's on my list. I've got to chase that up. <laughs> I, I, reckon, I reckon you do. That's going to be huge. You're going to be standing outside, outside some castle in in uh, Scotland again like you were last time. Well, that's right. Last time it was outside Edinburgh Castle. Oh, Edinburgh, yeah. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do this time. Uh, um, Gryffindor Castle. Of course. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> But don't you just go down to Leicester Square with the the audio and stuff down there? <laughs> I think that's probably a touch too prosaic for the uh, for wizard, isn't it? <laughs> final outing. <laughs> see, I'm honing my lines already. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd I'd love to see you do it at uh, at what was the train station that they all that they all go from? At King's Cross. King's Cross. Do it from King's Cross Station and say, see, as you, as you can tell, there is no. Platform 12 and a half, the whole thing's we've a been, lie. We've all been had. <laughs> if you're not dressed as Harry Potter on the news, I'm going to be very disappointed. Well, I guess you're just going to be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, just, oh. A wi- just a witch's hat. Oh. <laughs> well, news, perhaps, but nothing out for today's show. <laughs> who's, who's the guy from Channel 9 who always does all that stuff? You know, the, the uh, slightly older Nine reporter who's, who's, who's always up for that kind of thing? Come on, Jim, you know who I'm talking about. In Melbourne, are you thinking of Wayne Dyer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's always doing that sort of stuff. Well, Wayne, sadly, is no longer with us. He's left oh, really? the complex. Oh, yeah. oh. oh. <laughs> That's a shame, because he was the Dan Webb of our generation. He was, he was, and he's left some, some big, floppy shoes to fill. <laughs> Wayne's a champion. He was great at that stuff. I'm not sure that anyone can do it as well as he can. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, now, now we ha- we've we've had. I know I keep interrupting you with my own agenda, but screw you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's your show too now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Is there a language warning on the front of this? 
Uh, we can, we can, yes, yeah, there we was, can, we I, can... I remember now, there was a language warning right at the front. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, we've been having some email traffic amongst us, um, the four of us in the past week or so, yes. arguing about whether or not um, a, a 0.1% victory to 709 <laughs> week before last is actually a victory. Yes. Can I say, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Jared? You, you dropped out. <laughs> Just screw you guys. Like, you know, we won. Okay, we won, we won, we won. I was, I was on your side. You I was, I was cling Tams, to that while you fall asleep. I, I was Tams infallible. They're flawless. You, I'm not saying I was Tams infallible, <laughs> but if you're going to say that, then why didn't you pop up a few weeks ago when Channel 7 won by 0.2% and get on your podcast and say, that shit, they didn't do anything. <laughs> Pro, because... Uh, Channel 7 don't hand-deliver telegrams to me saying, we won, we won, we won. See? See what shit service you get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. F- See, now, I, I'm, I'm now going to be this week's Josie Pirelli. <laughs> Shouting Bungulo at people in my house used to make you bilingual too. <laughs> Oh, look out. James's breasts dropped out. That's one for those watching the video podcast. There is no video podcast. <laughs> there is at my end. <laughs> we don't want to talk about your end, James. <laughs> Very good. Uh, that, that does, however, bring us to the end of, of the time we have with you. Oh, I should think so. I, I, I'm sorry to say, because uh, entertaining, informative, and, uh, and a little bit protective, as always... Yeah, career destroying. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Thanks so much, James. We'll speak to you soon. Take care, guys. And now it's time for the golden age of television. That's <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, that's. I couldn't have asked for anything better. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is the golden age of television. The envelope, please. (laughs) This week, The Office. Ooh. And I'm Alan Partridge. Ah. Shall we start with I'm Alan Partridge? It it does, you know, chronologically that makes makes sense. Makes more Mm. sense. Now, I put this on the list. Neither of you had seen it before uh, Before I put it on the list. No, no, I think Brett, Brett, Brett was a fan, weren't you? Uh, I had, I'd seen maybe five episodes of the second series, so I jumped straight into the second series, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a pleasure going back to the first series. Did you remember it having a laugh track? No. Neither did I. It, it's got a mood that just says no laugh no track. No laugh track. Yep. And, so, and so everyone I've spoken to who has seen I'm Alan Partridge remembers it without a laugh track. And I got it uh, on VHS. This is how long ago I, I got it from, from the UK. And, uh, and so I went back to the old VHS tape to see if it had a laugh track on it, and it did. Mm. And I, I was shocked that my, my memory was, was so poor on it. And for about an episode and a half, I found that very invasive, the and laugh then, track. And then you stop and noticing then, it. then you do forget mm. about it. But uh, particularly before I was into the character... Uh, you know, he'd walk into a building singing or something, and I just think that's not funny. But there was uproarious laughter on the laugh track. Yeah, and you, you can't work mm. it out. Now, this is a this is a show based on the Alan Partridge character, or a continuation of the Alan Partridge character from Knowing Me, Knowing You, uh, the character created by Steve Coogan, who has since been in uh, excellent films 
24 like, hour party people that one mm-hmm. and uh, and and not excellent films like Tristan, Tristan and Shandy. Shandy yeah and around the world in 80 days and uh, yeah he's he's, he's and done many, a whole lot of uh, cameos he's mm, a great character comedian yep does does some great work and he created this uh, this horrible TV show host Alan Partridge who at the end of knowing me knowing you get sacked uh, and this is kind of I, I would have said documentary following him in, in his career trying to get back into uh, into the BBC. But because it's got the laugh track, I can't say documentary style anymore. No. Even though that's how it's shot, mm. it, that's not how it how it plays anymore. Mm. It just ends up playing like a sitcom. Mm. But the, the reason I put this in there is because of the cringe factor uh, as far as... Uh, black comedy goes, and and I think we we need to talk about black comedy in the golden age of television because it it's really come a long way as as far as just being fascinated by people hating exactly who they are, but still finding that quite entertaining. Mm. I think we've mm. changed a lot as as a culture to to be able to accept that. And I'm Alan Partridge was really the first uh, the, the first example I could think of. Uh, that that would actually bring this up. Mm. Uh, it started in uh, 1997. I'm um, it just falls into uh, this this golden age. And interestingly, the second series was in 2002, which is after The Office had started. So I'm wondering if uh, obviously I'm um, Alan Partridge had an effect on getting The Office on air because yes. there are a lot of similarities there. And I'm wondering if uh, if it then had the reverse effect. I'm wondering if The Office being on and being popular led to them doing a second series of Alan Partridge. Yeah, I, that's interesting because I, I haven't seen the second series okay. uh, and uh, didn't have time this week to to catch up on all of it. But if we if we take the 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 journey through. Uh, we've got I'm Alan Partridge, and then Steve Coogan also worked with the guy who made People Like Us. Mm-hmm. And People Like Us was a, a more of, of a documentary series that, that we talked about uh, on Box Cutters a, a while ago, which was just interviewing... In a things you may have missed. Yes. Ironically, people may have missed it. Yes. Uh, n- not ironically, by title. Appropriately. Uh, the, uh, no, 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 I mean, missed that segment. Ah, ah, yes, mm. yes. Well, that's a little, yeah, it's, I call that bogan irony. I'll explain the, the whole difference to you later on. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, and, and so we see this kind of evolution to, from, sorry, from I'm Alan Partridge to The Office, which I think is, is clearly the pinnacle of this style of cringe documentary comedy now we mm. don't need to to tell people about the office everybody knows about it if you don't know about it go to a video store now rent series one and two of the bbc office mm. now and the christmas special and the christmas special. it's it's no good Which without the christmas special ties uh, up all the the loose ends it does and I, I, to me that's that's just the brilliance of the office the office is uh, as josh said so it's, it's a pinnacle of television it's it's uh you know lots of uh, people refer to it in the same sort of breath as faulty towers as sort of this this uh timeless comedy uh and and it, and it is quite amazing but i think the most incredible thing for me is that they have this christmas special which as you say does wrap up all the loose ends and i'm a person who hates happy endings usually i i kind of like down more more bitter kind of resolutions to thing and this uh christmas episode has just 
horrible things happening for the whole two hours the two hours that it's on it's just this relentless bleak very very funny very very black comedy and then right at the end they give you just a couple of rays of hope and everyone goes away happy yeah and and i think people forget that if you watch the christmas special it is not a happy story by any stretch of the imagination but just this few little tidbits that they throw in at the end just just make it seem happy and have all the punters you know completely happy that you know that that's a fantastic ending to the series. So that's The Office and I'm Alan Partridge. You can catch up on those on DVD or three-channel BitTorrent. I know we I know we don't have time, but we should also mention uh, The Office, of course, has the USA spin-off, and I think it's one of the few shows to successfully do that. The, and, only, the uh, only one I can, I can remember, although uh, One Foot in the Grave was remade as All in the Family. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's how that works. And uh, even though they've done now close to five times as many episodes of the US version than the original uh, than the original UK version, it's still going strong. It's and fantastic. I think great ensemble cast there. Very well cast. Very well written. Also, I heard over the week uh, Life on Mars is going to be redone in the States. Mm, I think we have yeah, mentioned that was, yeah. before on the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're listening to an old episode. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you're, you're still, you're still uh, with Channel 7's <laughs> box cutters schedule. We really do need a for this. I was going to come. I was going to come. I had a list. This week's quote comes to us from our good friend at The Simpsons. It was in it was in the season finale, which premiered in the states a couple of weeks back. One, two, three, four. Ken Brockman had got himself into trouble. Ironically, for swearing on air, like we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, and uh, Krusty was very pissed off about it. And uh, as he stormed off his show, he was saying, "Damn that, Kent Brockman! There are only two rules in TV: don't swear and don't whip it out." <laughs> <laughs> And I was watching this, and I knew that somewhere, somehow, there was a forlorn little former video hits host watching this, <laughs> say, saying sadly to himself, a little late for Axel. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to, or have just missed, Box Cutters. And uh, that brings us to Brett's special disappearing up its own asshole segment. Now, this, this, yeah, this I've been looking forward to. This should be interesting. This is a, a little thing that uh, I'm, I'm really curious about. Uh, we've, we've recently put a little stats plug in on the uh, blog that uh, just our special people can look at on for boxcutters.net. Yes. Um, which uh, gives us an indication of what people are searching for and ending up at our site. Right. Boxes? No, no boxes. Cutters? No cutters? Uh, Paris Hilton jail girl-on-girl action videos? Uh, No. However, uh, there has been a bit of... uh, I'm just looking through the list. Topless... uh, What's her face? The one that needs a script. Georgie Parker, topless, has somehow ended up at the box cutters blog. Really? Yes. So if you look up Georgie Parker, topless, you get to us. Apparently so. We don't want those kind of people. No. <laughs> no, we understood with the whole Yahoo 7 Lost thing. Yeah. That made perfect sense. Why? why uh, Yahoo 7 Lost, by the way, just outstrips every other search term. Wow. Um, what, what, where did Georgie Parker appear topless in? 
No, nothing. I, I don't know. Why would people look for that? That's, <laughs> Nurse oh, Terry. As, as long as she had a script, she'd be okay topless. <laughs> <laughs> but don't get her to improvise. Maybe they, Maybe it's a misprint. Maybe they were searching for uh, for, for George Parker scriptless. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, searching for the Chaser ABC popular podcast, uh, which is available from the ABC. Yep. Uh, in podcast form that the Chaser are releasing themselves. However, there are uh, certain bits and pieces of those episodes they chop out. If you want to see the full episodes uh, in downloadable format, check out idents.tv. Um, there's, uh, the, the bits that they chop out for the podcast, are they the bits that they've copied f- from this show? <laughs> uh, no, they no, leave them in. No, right. they're, they're not afraid of us suing them. If you're, if you're after... Uh, Torrents as well. They uh, uh, Chasers War and everything regularly pops up uh, on Easy TV. Oh, fantastic! They have the torrents up each uh, each week, which is yeah. Uh, there's a question: Are granola and muesli the same thing? The answer is no. <laughs> Hang on, what? As a as a search term, people are going are gran- granola and muesli the same thing? Yes. Why oh. don't we see what they say on box covers? <laughs> well, we do have we the did, we did cover that. We did cover that. I, I believe and I wrote about six pages on the <laughs> subject. And I believe that is the point where this segment has disappeared up as an asshole. <laughs> uh, looking for Josie Pirelli picks, not on the Boxcutters blog, but check out chartbusting80s, that's with an eight and a zero, dot com. And, and, you'll see and rumour has it, wait, did, does rumour has it or have we... Uh, no, I that was a terrible film. <laughs> rumour has it, uh, you can check out our own Brett Cropley. On on, uh, uh, on YouTube. Well, on YouTube. Yes. I wasn't sure if we said this on air or not. I can't remember now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, apparently, you do, apparently do a, a Josie, Josie, 80s. Josie serving it up to Brett and Brett plugging box cutters. Uh, I'll put a link on if I can track it down. I'll put yeah. the whole thing on. Okay. Okay, embed I'll, it. I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Granola the same as we usually covered that? Uh, what's happened to Ebony Stocks? What? <laughs> Who? Is Clearly, he... we don't know. <laughs> no, we do. The last we heard, the winner of the second series of Australia's Next Top Model made a noisy oh, forced exit from a Sydney Ebony. bar. Ebony. Mm. I, I had no idea what After her surname was. allegedly hit another girl. Uh, when will Headland return to TV? Why, why are people searching <laughs> for that now? I have no idea. Brett. Tell me about Mick Malloy and the Nation. Well, Actually, it's on right now. We're missing it, we're missing we it while we're studio. recording it. Brett. Thank you for, for for that. I can't believe we got rid of the footy segment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, when I cast my pod. 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 It's with the box cutters in mind. Now that Brett, went live on Triple R on Friday night. Now who who did that? Who was who was mixing it up um, in the studio? DJ Jazzy Chef, <laughs> right? Yes, and it, it it he was using the the sample a lot more uh, in, ingeniously than that uh, over like uh, almost an hour. Really. And so were you just listening to Triple R at I home? I was just doing the stuff on the computer and uh, had the radio on. Where That's did, where fantastic. Did you get it from? Where, uh, well, they were doing the show here 
and uh, it's, it's on, on the system. On the system. Oh. When we were doing summer. Wow. Box cutters. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. That's fantastic. And I'm suing. DJ <laughs> Jazzy Chef. Uh, now, we haven't spoken about the Who Wants to Donate a Kidney show from, uh, no. from Dutchland. No. Uh, Dutchland. Of course, <laughs> the whole thing was a hoax. Yes. Uh, there were no kidneys involved. No kidneys involved, but there were actors involved. and Only one actor. One actor and three humans who were in on the joke. Mm. Uh, and uh, Endemol said we were doing this to, to raise awareness of how much we need kidneys yep. in in. Dutchland, mm-hmm. and uh, and so the people who were angry about the fact that they had created a show called "Who, who Wants to Be a Kidney Donor" or something to, to that effect, uh, then turned around and were suddenly angry that it wasn't real. Oh yeah, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, the, it's the same people. It, it seems to be the same people. I can't believe they they made me. Talk about how bad it was going to be, and then it, was, it ended up not being true. <laughs> Boo to them! <laughs> and of course, in a in a Dutchland ac- accent, <laughs> Dutchlandish, I think is what, what they speak there. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, of um, hoaxes, uh, as I was looking for, I'm um, Alan Partridge. Uh, also went uh, some Chris Morris searching and uh, found the entire season of Brass Eye, which is. Amazing oh, television. You, you might have to share that. With, I, I uh, haven't seen it either. What's that? Some of us. Oh, Brass Eye was uh, was a Chris Chris Morris doing a show that was kind of like a, a Four Corners style uh, show, but half hour hard hitting current affairs where they just made things up completely and okay. uh, and got celebrities to to do to camera pieces uh, endorsing oh. charities that didn't exist. Oh right, yep. and, okay. and and the tragedy of heavy electricity in Sri Lanka, <laughs> which had, <laughs> do you remember that? No, no, I've, was a, the guy I've with only the seen the, the uh, his forehead who was in Beverly Hills Cop. What's his name? Uh, Judge Reinhold as the baddie. Oh, uh, 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 Eddie Murphy. No, no, the baddie. No, no, I've seen him do Shakespeare's villains, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, the guy who was Belky. No, no, <laughs> no. That's 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 Bronson Pichot. Pichot. Uh, anyway, him um, doing this to camera piece, and and uh, I'm I'm here to t- tell you about heavy electricity in Sri Lanka. <laughs> it falls off the, fa- <laughs> the power lines. He's got this ceramic doll in front of him, and a hammer. <laughs> he just beats the doll. Uh, they had their very controversial uh, pedophilia episode, which uh, which got them taken off the air. Oh, okay. uh, it's 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 genius. I don't want to spoil any of the jokes for you. Okay. If you can get your hands on Brass Eye, do. Yeah. But that reminds me, uh, one of the uh, people behind I'm Alan Partridge, uh, one of the writers, Peter Bainham, was also a writer on Brass Eye, was also a writer on Smack the Pony, was also a, a writer on Chris Morris's Jam, was uh, also a writer on I'm Not an Animal, which is a, a fantastic animation if, if you haven't seen it. Uh and uh, and also uh, Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. I'm not oh. sure you can say a fantastic animation. It was a surreal kind of cut and paste animation, I'm, Terry Gilliam type uh, I'm not animation. An, I'm not an animal. That, uh, I'm not an animal is a fantastic show that Steve Coogan voiced the horse in. Yes, it just just an amazing uh, bit of half hour animated comedy. Loved mm. it. It was on the ABC a couple of years back. Yeah, or, ABC or SBS? ABC. Yeah. Uh, was watching a bit of Channel 10 recently, 
and uh, saw an ad for Real Stories. It's back on yes. after Rove. Mm-hmm. It's been rebadged. It's As Hamish what? and Andy's Hamish Real and Stories. Andy's Real yeah. Stories. Well, what happened to our buddy? Uh, Ryan. Yes. Ryan Shelton. Yeah. Yeah, not important. Oh, come on. It, it is interesting just to show how much uh, Hamish and Andy's star has uh, has risen over that uh, over the last nine, ten months since we had Ryan on because they, they certainly weren't saying Hamish and Andy's Real Stories originally. No. Uh, and not only is it Hamish and Andy's Real Stories, they've got like a big cheesy shot of them taking up most of the screen for and, the uh, for the ads for it. And here we were in the studio trying to get Ryan to talk about how screwed over he has been by, by Hamish and Andy. Is I, Ryan I, still doing his I, segment I'm, on Rove? Sometimes. I'm sure it's not his fault. I'm sure it's no. not their fault, I mean. I'm sure it's not Hamish and Andy's fault. No, but but still, you know, he, he, he does seem like the guy left behind. But they've mm. got famous with the radio stuff that they've been doing on Today and Fox. True, and if Ryan was willing to, you know, maybe dump his girlfriend and go out with a supermodel, uh, then maybe he'd also get some... Uh, I don't think he's tall enough. But that's, right. that's, that's mm. not... The, I mean, that, that happened way back at Channel 7, too, that they kind of left him behind, surely. Yeah. With uh, when Hamish and Andy took over Big Bite, yes, yes. I mean that's that that's pretty much what happened then. It wasn't Hamish and Andy and Ryan. But if you if you look at real stories, I, I still think that Ryan is the star of that show as mm. as far as uh, as far as the the comedy caricatures go. Uh, the stuff that Ryan does is, is far more credible than than the stuff that Hamish and Andy do. But they've got a very popular radio show. Good yeah. on them. Yeah. Can I question why a show needs a nudity warning if it has two guys that are holding their dick and balls and running around the studio? Because they're naked. Because... But, but you're not actually seeing anything. Was it full nudity or partial nudity? Uh, they had shoes and socks. It was Hamish and Andy. No, no, no. It was they, the they, warning. They don't, they don't the... have partial nudity warnings, do they? I, I don't know. I know they do in the US. I don't know if they I do. Don't, I, don't, I don't think they have here. I think they just say nudity. Right, because they do have like mild sex scenes and mm. mild coarse language. Uh, I, I think they just have to cover themselves. Yeah, just in case. Just in the same way that we do a language warning, even though people really don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to do it. It's nudity. Oh no, I don't want my child seeing what a human body looks like. Yeah, of course. Every week we have the nudity warning on the box cutters <laughs> video podcast. There is no video podcast, um, and that brings us no, no, no. to Veronica's Ross's pork. <laughs> uh, well, you guys all just just jumped in with all your pork. I thought I'd sit back, so that doesn't mean I miss out on pork. So I don't want, I don't want, want to go, go hungry. Well, just hurry, do it. The Veronica Mars trailer is apparently going to pop up on this season's DVD. We talked about the trailer a few weeks ago. Oh, good. The uh, FBI trailer, 10-minute trailer they shot for next series, which doesn't look like happening. It's not 10-minute trailer, apparently. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a sales document. Uh, yeah, so that's apparently going to pop up on the uh, DVD. And uh, I had an interesting conversation with uh, Late I, Lucas. Just on Regular that. viewer, Late Lucas. I, yeah, did, sorry. I did glance at something saying that it was going to be a movie. Oh, they're thinking about it. Yeah, you're going to be a movie. (laughs) I am a movie. Uh, I had an interesting conversation with Late Lucas, who, of course, is my friend who's listening valiantly to all the podcasts but doesn't want to listen out of order so that he doesn't get some of the jokes. uh, Happy birthday, Lucas. He's uh, up to 2007 now. (gasps) Excellent. So so he's catching up. He's gaining on us. Uh, But uh, he has just started Carnivale 
under our recommendation. Carnival. And he had uh, his own theory, despite not having heard that conversation, he had his own theory about what, what it should be called. His theory is it should be called Carnival. No, it's got an E at the end of it, Lucas. Yeah, but that's what they call it in the show. And on the side of the truck, it says, however you like to pronounce it, with the E on the end. But when in the show, when they're talking about it, they just talk about Carnival. That is very interesting, Lucas. Maybe that's a bit like Oldie Worldie, which is just Old World. You're not supposed to pronounce the E's on those either. Mm. Maybe. And that By the way, thought-provoking moment. Kenny's coming it, up until 10. I didn't get to mention that before. Brings us... It's still kind of valley. ...to the end of Box Cutters episode 88. I want to say thanks very much to 3 Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every... We didn't do the giveaway! <gasps> We didn't do the giveaway quickly. Well, Brett Cropley, we, we who were... The, the winner of uh, last week's giveaway of the chart-busting 80s DVD was, drumroll, Cat Brain, <laughs> controversial. Although... Yeah, it's, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody. correct answers. So instead, <laughs> the first incorrect answer was picked out of the hat. I did, I did... Oh, sorry, was discovered through your special algorithm. Yes, I did get it vetted <laughs> by Josie Pirelli herself. I said, nobody understands... Because it was it was incorrectly cited in the age. So um, so the question was the answers that we got. The, were so both, no, the question was what, what does, does BR stand for yes. in in context with Jeff Jenkins? And the answer was the correct answer. The correct answer was uh, brother Jeff BR. B- short BR for brother. For J- brother. Mm-hmm. However, the age wrote uh, in an article last year that it stands for balding rodent. So people who which would have was Googled just a it. joke of Josie's, yeah. and yeah, there was no googling of brother, which was unfortunate. Um, so Cat Brain's the winner. Our first, our first actual giveaway winner. Yes, uh, t-shirts are coming, and and for that, I want to <laughs> say uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Crumpler, who are our new giveaway sponsors, and uh, and you'll hear more about them in Ooh, weeks to come. We've got very big plans. Very big plans with Crumpler, Crumpler with bags. They're fantastic. They've got Velcro. <laughs> we also have to spe- thank our special guest. James Talia. Mr. James Talia, who yet again may have put his job on the line for a Box Cutters exclusive. And bless- He did want to call as soon as it was up, so that he could check. <laughs> yes. And I guess <laughs> if it's bad, get in touch with you and <laughs> tell you, take it down, take it down. Until next week, my in name... Wrong, in touch with the wrong person. What would I know? <laughs> is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs>